Lord has started something new and we don't want to stop the momentum. We're going to push the gas pedal down. And uh, so starting this new year, uh, the, second, the second of January, we're going to start a Daniel fast. Um, if you want to know what that is, uh, do we have slides, buddy? Anyway, at Daniel Fast, we're doing a 10-day Daniel Fast, and we have a list um, here. We'll pull it up here in just a moment of what you can and cannot eat on a Daniel Fast. Basically, it's fruit and vegetables, and we haven't done a fast. I don't remember the last time we've done one. It's been a long time, and the Lord told us that we're supposed to go back and do the things we did at first, and fast, fasting and prayer. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Fasting and prayer are critical uh, to where God has us going. Uh, we talked last week or the week before about the Ark. How many remember we talked about the Ark of the Covenant and how because Uzzah reached out to touch the Ark, it killed him. And it put fear in all of Israel. And David's like, put the Ark somewhere else because it means death. They sent it to Obed-Edom's house. And everything that touched Obed-Edom's house because the Ark of the Presence was there was blessed. They were having kids like crazy, the best crops they've ever had. And they sent a report back to David and said, hey, the ark is a blessing. It's not a curse. And David's like, well, let's bring it back, but let's do some research. Let's find out how to properly carry the ark of the presence. And this is kind of part of what we're doing. The Lord has told us that we're to be a revival house. He's called us to a place of revival. And there are some things that we need to remember. We need to go back and do the things we did at first. And the big portion of that is fasting and prayer. Everyone say fasting and prayer. We're going to go back and fast and pray. So for 10 days, we're going to do a Daniel fast. Uh, take a picture on there. Uh, I did see it does say tea on there, too. I was like, last week, you're like, oh, we might can get some tea. I think it says no coffee, no tea, no soda, no alcohol, kombucha, sugary drinks, nothing that has any stimulants in it. It's like a pure uh, a fast. It's raw vegetables, cooked vegetables, whatever you want to do. Um, it's there. But we're doing this not just because we want to fulfill a religious obligation. Hello? We're not doing this because while well, we haven't done a fast in a long time, that sounds like a good idea. No, we're doing this because we're saying, God, we want to empty ourselves of everything else that satisfies us, and we want to only fill ourselves with you. We want to turn our heart and our attention toward you because we know you're doing something right now. You're birthing something in my heart. You're birthing something in this church, and we want to surrender and lean toward it. So we're going to fast and pray for those 10 days and set that time unto the Lord to start the new year off. We'll do many more of these fasts uh, throughout, the, throughout the year, but we want to start off the new year with fasting and prayer. The other thing we will do uh, as well is we're going to have a prayer service. We used to do these every Saturday. How many remember the, we had every Saturday prayer at six o'clock and, and it's like either be there or you're going to get the stank eye when you come to church the next day. It was that important. You need to be there. And uh, we called on God and we saw many miracles, signs and wonders, people saved because we as a church gathered together in prayer. So we're going to begin doing these more often. The first one we're going to do is Saturday, Saturday, January 15th. At 5 o'clock, we're going to meet right here and begin to pray because we want God to do everything he says he wants to do here. Like God's promises have conditions attached to them on our end. The conditions aren't on his end. He's saying, I'm going to do this thing. All you have to do is just get in line with me. Your part's really simple. Just line up with me, come into agreement with me, obey me, and you'll have the thing I, I, I tell you you're going to have. But if you choose not to, then you won't have it. We have a choice in this matter because God's not interested in dictatorships. Think about that. The God of the universe, who could be a dictator if he wanted to be, 
Choose this partnership. Choose this covenant. Come on. He chooses partnership and covenant. He chooses love instead of force. He chooses kindness to bring us into repentance instead of judgment. Now, he's the judge. Let's not forget it. He will be the judge. He'll stand in judgment one day. But he sets that aside and chooses kindness and love and family and covenant instead of dictatorship. Partnership. Everyone say partnership. He wants us to come into agreement with him, into partnership with him. He loves for us to co-labor with him. And so what we're doing, we know the Lord has given prophetic words over this house for the 55, 60 years that it's been here, and he has increased that activity recently. He's reminded us of who we are. As I, every week when I stand here in this place, I remember the encounter I had three weeks ago in this exact place, and I, 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 I remember it in my heart. I've set a memorial in my heart to the encounter because I can't go back to normal life. Our church can't go back to normal. And so we're entering into a new year. Everyone say a new year. And one of the prophetic things the Lord said in this encounter, we'll take up the offering right at the end. One of the prophetic things that he said was, the thing that God has on this house, it didn't work last season because it wasn't made for last season, but it's made for the season that's here. There's an anointing on this house that is effective for the season we're stepping into. There's a calling on this house that it seemed like we just were treading water for 10 years, 12 years as a church. And the Lord says, no, you were building up your momentum and your strength and your resistance and your perseverance, and you were building up your resolve that I'm the prize. (laughs) And he was dictated. dealing with our uh, characteristics. He was dealing with our soul wounds. He was dealing with our disappointments. But he said that this new season is going to be fruitful because the things he birthed in that last season are for this season coming. Open your Bible to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read this. We're going to end the year right. We're going to end the year right. Amen. <laughs> Lord willing, next week we'll pick up from this message and we'll pick right up where we were and we'll, we'll go into it on how to take land in the new season. Amen. But today we want to set the stage because we are ending a year. It does matter that we're ending a year. I used to think, oh, it's just ridiculous. The seasons it doesn't really matter. It matters if we want it to. And I want it to matter. I want to end 2021 the right way so that I can enter 22 in the right way. I want to leave things in 21 that are supposed to stay there so that I can walk into 22 open-handed, open-hearted, not pulling grudges, resentment, pain, disappointment. I really think 2021 has been a great year for me. I was telling Mandy, this has been a good year. I thought 2020 was a good year, even outside of all the circumstances and the things that everyone went through, the whole world went through, real or imagined, we went through it. (laughs) 
And, and I felt like the last two years have been good years for, for me as a, f- a person, individually, as a family, as a church. I felt like we been to g- begin to grow as a church. And there's a calling on us, and we're not shifting gears. We're not downshifting. I want you to know we're not downshifting. We're going to increase the speed, and we're going to add some turbo to our car. <laughs> we're going to take the governor off. You're like, I don't know what a governor is. Well, a governor dictates how fast you can go. And they put governors on golf carts. They put governors on kids' cars so that they can only go so fast. When they hit that speed, oh, it backs off. I'm taking the governor off of Fire Life. I almost said Family Worship Center. Oh, my goodness. We're taking the governor off. We're not going to slow down. We're going forward. And I heard the Lord give a word here. And I I was like, I don't know if that's for today or or later, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now because I feel like it is for right now. There's a parable Jesus tells of how a man goes out and he hires people to work in, the, in his fields. And he says, I'm going to pay you, let's just say, $100 for your day of work. I'm going to pay you 100 bucks. You're going to come in and work. And people are like, that sounds like a good deal. We'll come and work for you. They begin to work, and they're like, well, we're not going to get all the work done today. We need to hire some more people. So they go out, and they bring in some more people, and they say, hey, we're going to pay you a certain amount of money, and you're going to work for us, and we're going to get the job done. They're like, oh, that's great. We work happily. Everyone's working happy. They're whistling while they work. Everything's wonderful. Everything's great. Uh-oh, the, the, the sunset's coming quickly. We need more workers. we got to finish this. We can't do this in the dark. Let's go hire some more people. They bring them in. Hey, I'm going to pay you a certain amount. They're like happy to do it. Everyone's happy, right? Everyone came to an agreement with the, the, the boss of the property. We're going to work for this much money. How many knows the rest of the story? The day ends. They got the job done. And guess what happens? He tells those that came last. Hey, all you that came in at 5 o'clock and worked for two hours, y'all come up here. They all came up there, and he paid them the same amount he paid the first people that came in and worked. And they begin to complain. I think I would have too. Let's be honest. Are you kidding me? I worked 12 hours. They worked two hours, and they're getting paid the same? That's terrible. That's not fair. And what did the landowner say? He's like, didn't you agree? Didn't we have an agreement? Yes, we did, but it's not fair. He's like, how, how can you tell me it's not fair on how to use my money? I'll pay them however I might want to. I'm not evil. And I hear the Lord saying, in this harvest that's coming, a lot of people are going to come in at the last minute. They're going to slide in under the door, and they're going to get the same reward we get. Oh. Family, what is wrong with me today? I, I don't know why I'm even doing that. I've pastored a church between that last one. Fire life. There's going to be a lot of new people come in over the next few months and years. They're going to jump in and grab an oar. <sighs> Some of them are going to run really fast. And we were like, whoa, how come they're running so fast? I've been trying so hard to get the gift of prophecy manifesting in my life, and it's been a struggle for them overnight. They're prophesying. Let's guard our hearts. The Lord's sending laborers to fire life. The Lord is sending laborers to fire life. And they're going to come in and work really hard, and we're going to get the harvest done. You guys know what the Lord's been saying for the last few weeks of what this house is. We've got a year to get ourselves in order. Revival's here, revival's coming. We've got a year. 
He gave us a clock. Get some stuff in order. Things have to look differently in the, in the future. We're leaving an old year. It's time to enter into a new year. Did you know that we can recondition our hearts to be brand new? I don't have to get old and bitter in my heart and resentful. I can be renewed as a child every day and have that same whistle while I work mentality regardless of who comes in and what they get paid because I'm just happy to be in the field with, with the owner of the land. He, caught, he thought I was worthy to be hired for him. Come on. And this is where we're at as a church and so in Joshua chapter 1, I just want to read a few verses for this to set the stage. We're kind of teeing up for what I think is going to happen next week, but I want us to leave this year the right way. Now, it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. I love that he was Moses' servant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all his people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke or promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the, Ty the Euphrates, from the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun, it will all be your territory. Everyone say Amen. No man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Joshua's going to be a victorious man. Mm. As I was with Moses, what's yours say? As I was with Moses, I will be with you. Everyone say amen. amen. I will not fail you. Everyone say he will not fail us. He will not forsake us. And then here's the contingency. Be strong and courageous. Everyone say be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. And then here's, again, the promise with an attachment to it. Be careful. Everyone say, be careful. To do all that the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Here's the contingency. Everywhere your foot goes, you have territory to take. Every place that you go, you have authority. You do not walk into any situation in 22 that you haven't already been given the authority for that situation. Everywhere your foot goes in 22, the Lord's going to give it to you. Here's the promise. Be strong and courageous and do whatever the Lord tells you to do. All of his commands. Do not turn from it. Everyone say, do not turn. I think he's saying don't get distracted. Because what would happen is if, think about this for a moment. They just came out of years of slavery. They came out of generational slavery to where that everyone that grew up in the generation before them was in slavery for 400 years, slavery. And God left them in the wilderness and they wandered around for 40 years until everyone from the slavery mentality generation died. 
So they went from the slavery mentality to a wilderness mentality. They wake up in the morning, there's manna on the ground. Where do we go today? Well, there's this cloud that tells us where we go. What do we do at night? There's a a pillar of fire that leads us where we're supposed to go. We don't have water? Well, this guy Moses speaks to rocks and strikes rocks, and God brings springs from the ground. But they're in a wilderness. They don't own anything. They don't have possession of anything. They are nomads. They wander from place to place, completely reliant on God. They don't get to raise crops. They don't get to raise animals. So they went from a slave mentality to a wilderness mentality. I feel like this is prophetic for fire life. We went from bondage to the wilderness and a wasteland. And in that wilderness and in the wasteland, the Lord was wearing away the mentality of the season before, but then we developed a new mentality. And it's a really childlike mentality. It's not wrong, it's not bad, but it's childlike. Well, we don't have food. There's food on the ground. We don't have water. Well, God provides water. It's very childlike. But God said to them, you're leaving the wilderness. You left the slavery. You're leaving the wilderness. And now you're going to take possession of a land. You have to have a different mindset when you take possession of a land. You're not just moving from place to place, solving problem from solving problem, dealing with what faces you in the moment. You get to dream. You get to plant and harvest and build houses. And he says, don't get distracted. Because when you go from a wilderness where every day you're having to take the tent up and put the tent down and take the tent up and put the tent down, you get to a land that God says, hey, this is your land. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm first one in and I'm like, oh, well, that's my property. I'm taking it. I'm building a house right there. No, he said, don't get distracted. Keep walking. Take territory. Develop it as you go. We'll get more into this next week. But he's saying, don't get distracted and and just stop where you're at. Keep taking territory. All this land is yours. Fire life, listen to me. It would be very easy for us right in the second with what God's been doing in the last few months for us to get distracted and be like, whoa, let's just stop here. This is great. Let's build a a temple. (laughs) Let's build three of them. One for you, one for Elijah. This is awesome. And the Lord's like, no, don't stop. Don't get distracted. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep walking through here. He says right here, do not turn to the right or to the left, but go forward so that you have success wherever you, what's the word say? Wherever you, everyone say go. You're not reading it? All right, come on. It's right here, people. He says you will have success wherever you go, not wherever you stop. Not wherever you put these roots down and just stop here. Wherever you go, as, what's it say in the scripture? And as you go, cleanse the lepers. Lepers. <laughs> I'm in trouble today. Preach the gospel. Cleanse lepers. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. As you go, we're not meant to stop. As a church, I'm speaking to everyone here. We're not meant to stop as a church. And but, Oh, this is at least better than last season. We're not in a wilderness anymore. Woo! Praise God, let's just stop here and enjoy this with our family. And that's, that's a natural reaction when you go through a long season in the wilderness. I, we just walked for 40 years. I don't want to walk anymore. Keep walking. Because now you're not walking aimlessly in a wilderness. You're actually walking in places that you possess 
Your walk is different now. Come on, man. <laughs> I told you one of the things we did when we fir first bought our house, and I still do it as often as I remember to do it, is I like to walk every part of my property, go into every room of my house, because I'm like, this is mine. I'm going everywhere here. I, I, this is ours. Yep. This is uh, this closet. Sure. Yep. It's mine. This part of our yard that I have hardly been in. Yep. Hardly's been over here. This is our property. It's different when you own it. Your eyes see it differently when you own it. And he's saying, guys, you own all of this, but don't stop. Keep going because there's even prettier places. Fire life. There's even prettier places than this side of, of the wilderness. You're like, whoa, this side of the river is so much better. The grass is greener on this side. Let's just stop here. No, there's mountains. How many like the mountains? Hey, there are mountains for us. I could live in the mountains. <sighs> You're getting this. You will have success wherever you go. Everywhere your foot goes, you will take possession. Here's the really interesting thing. If we crossed the Jordan and we stopped here, we still would have possession here. Because our foot is here. But he wants us to keep going and leave a trail and take more possession. And I'm speaking this over our house. We're to be a revival house. We're to be a revival house. We can't have a wilderness mentality in the revival house. Because here's what happens if you'll read on later. It says that the moment that they stepped into the promised land, what happened to the manna? Stopped instantly stopped I can imagine that day was pretty strange they were probably really happy like oh thank god we don't have to eat manna again today come up with a different recipe for this stuff what is it <laughs> we don't have to do this anymore now they had to go get their own food they had to learn how to cook Fire life. God can continue to provide manna for us. I believe he will. He'll continue to provide us in his sovereignty. He'll just do things because we're children. But there's also a time for us to grow up and he's arise, kill, and eat. I think we're in that stage. Fire life. Arise, kill, and eat. Let's go. Let's take possession. Let's grow up. Let's take possession. Let's grow up. This is us as a church. Amen? He says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. Come on, say day and night. Day and night. Woo! Let incense arise. Day and night. Man. Come on. See, I knew you were there. Oh. Why should we meditate on it? The rest of the verse tells us, so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. How many want to please the Lord? Amen. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have success. How? By doing the law of God, by meditating on it day and night, by obeying it. Because when we do that, it guarantees success. I, I have three sons. I want them to be successful. You have kids? You have nieces, nephews. You want them to be successful, right? You don't want them to struggle. You don't want them to be poor. You don't, all this stuff, right? One would be healthy, prosperous. The best way to make sure our kids are prosperous is to put the law of the Lord in their hearts. 
for us to meditate on it in our homes day and night. Because the Bible says that it will be strength to our bones. It will be food for us. It will nourish us. It will make sure that everywhere we go will prosper because we're obeying his word. And then he says in verse 9 again, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. And then he adds something. I wonder why. This is like foreshadowing. (laughs) Everything's been, you're going to take possession. This is going to be your territory. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to go with you. Don't let the book of the law depart. You're going to prosper. Oh, and, and be strong and courageous. But then here's why. Because there will be an opportunity for you to be afraid. Well, there was nothing to fear in the wilderness. There were no battles to fight. There were no, no, nothing for us to war with. Like we were just moving around from place to place. We, we didn't have to fight people that, that were in the territory we're in now. But when we go into a new territory, he's saying you have to dispossess the territory, which means we have to take the territory, which means there's war. And he's saying, be strong and courageous. You're going into war. Don't be afraid. He actually says, do not tremble. And do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you. Where? Wherever you, you not wherever you stop, wherever you go. And the Lord is telling us today, we're leaving a season behind. It's more prophetic. It's more, I don't even know what the word is. It's more true than we know that individually and as a church, we've we've left a, a chapter behind us a wilderness chapter, and we're entering into a promised land. And then Joshua goes out, and he commanded the officers of the people, and he told them what God said. He commanded them. In this year, we're going to be commanded to take territory. For every great victory, there's going to be a great battle. What are the weapons of our warfare? They're not carnal. But they're mighty through God. How? Pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations and arguments and things that set themselves against the knowledge of Christ. And we take captive every thought. Come on. Every thought. And we force it into obedience, into the mind of Christ. Because we can't have the old mindset in the new season. We have to have the mind of Christ Every giant in front of us is an opportunity to take possession of the land they used to occupy. We're going for it, I'm telling you. As a church, as a, as a family, everywhere we go, this is, as a family, everywhere we go, we look for opportunities to prophesy over people, to preach the gospel to people, to heal people. Everywhere we go, we're looking for it. Because we're, we're in a new land where we get to possess. <sighs> oh, I, walk, I walk into a restaurant. Where my feet are, I own. Wherever I go, I have opportunity for authority. If I will obey his commands, if I will have his law in my heart and in my mouth, I have the authority. If I say what he says, I get what he provided for me. Everywhere we go, your workplace, your home, your neighborhood, everywhere your feet go, it's an opportunity for you to take possession of that land. 
Every person at your work that's hurting is an opportunity for you to heal the brokenhearted like Jesus did. Because he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's had anointed me to preach the good news. Come on. To heal the brokenhearted. This is the new season that we're entering into. It's not the same as the old season. We prayed baby prayers in the last season. Hey, baby prayers work. The Bible's full of them. God help, and God helped. Like easy prayers all through the Bible. Rescue me. Help me. I'm in trouble. All through the Bible, God answered. But then there are seasons where baby prayers don't work. We got to learn how to to go for it. And and we're going to work that muscle this year. The birthing in prayer. To go in and get in our own food. Yeah, God can give it to us, but man, he loves to co-labor with us. Are you all with me? Everywhere we put our feet. Everywhere you go and I go is an opportunity for authority to bring his kingdom. Everyone see to bring his kingdom. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're not just exiting an old season. We're entering a new season. We're not escaping the wilderness. That matters. If I think I'm just escaping the wilderness, then I'll get one foot into the promised land and be like, I'm happy. Because at least I'm not there. But we're not escaping the wilderness. We're entering into a promised land. It's different. It changes our perspective. We need to take the things that worked and strengthen those things in this new season. Old patterns that are got to stay behind us. Old thinking that's ill-fitting has got to stay behind us. We need to celebrate what God did that was good we don't want to get hung up on what didn't happen, but we're going to work some new muscles this year. We're going, to, we're going to learn how to take care of some new territory. Our responsibility is going to increase. Amen? We'll get more into this as we go forward. Once you stand. If you're not sure everything I'm talking about, the last few weeks goes deep into it, about the encounter, what God expects from us. And the reason that I I feel like I was wrecked so much by the encounter was because I knew it was coming. I had been asking for it. And we've been praying for it, and we've been creating a room for it. So when things happen... And God does all that he does to make something happen. It's only appropriate that we respond to it. It's only appropriate that we rearrange the way we live and do life. That's where we're at right now as a church and as individuals. I want to rearrange the way I live. I'm not just a Christian. We're dangerous. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. We're dangerous. Father, we come to you and we just keep saying yes to this. We keep saying yes to what you're doing, what you're drawing us into, this new season that you're pulling us toward. Deep calling to deep. We say yes to it. We're thankful for the last season. We're thankful for the manna, for the water, 
for the provision, for the sandals that didn't wear out. (laughs) Come on, think about that for 40 years in the wilderness and their sandals didn't wear out. We're thankful for that. You showed us amazing provision and you took good care of us. But God, we're being pulled into a season of promise. We're being pulled into a season of possession, a season of responsibility, a season of building and cultivating and warring. God, I ask that you would continue to grip our hearts as individuals and as a church. We say yes to you. We take our hearts and we bend it toward you. Let's do that right here. Let's take our heart and bend it toward the Lord. We lean toward you, God. New language. He's given us a new language for this new season. New ways of expressing things. New ways of explaining things. New language. An unlocked language. A language of authority. His words. He's putting his words in our mouth so that when we speak to the mountain, it will be moved into the sea and nothing shall be impossible for us. This is not braggadocio stuff, man. This isn't just puffing our chest out. Oh, look at what Jesus gave us. No, there's a responsibility as believers to be this kind of a follower of Jesus. There's a responsibility to take territory. The Bible says in 1 John, uh, I think it's 3 verse 8, that for this reason was the Son of Man manifested, that he might destroy the works of Satan. Jesus came to conquer, to possess, to destroy what the prince and the power of the air had built. The whole system he built, he was brought to destroy it. And when he left, he says, as the Father sent me, I send you. So Jesus, we say yes We will pull down the kingdom of the prince and power of the air who has been disarmed and defeated. We will tear down his little empire everywhere we go. Not out of pride. Not out of seeking a reward. But because we love you. And we love what you love. And we hate what you hate. And we make war with what you make war with. Jehovah is a mighty man of war. We pull down strongholds. If you feel the Lord, if he highlighted something just now when I said that, if there's a stronghold, we pull it down right now in Jesus' name. We destroy it block by block, brick by brick. We blow it away right now like it's sand. 
We will heal the sick. Come on. We will prophesy. We will cleanse lepers. <laughs> we will heal people of pneumonia and COVID and cancer. Because we no longer live. Christ lives in us. Why don't you say that? I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And we take hold of that which has taken hold of us. We say yes. We say yes. God, I ask that you would continue to deal with us in our prayer closet. Continue to deal with us through our tears that rinses our eyes of the witchcraft. Continue to deal with us through groanings and tongues and travail until we birth what you've uh, put in this house, what you've impregnated this house with. This is not just a, a church building or organization calling. This is an individual and a family calling to destroy, to dismantle the works of Satan. Amen. Amen. New season. <laughs> Go for it. I don't even remember the. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that song since I was probably 10. <laughs> With the cross of Jesus. <laughs> hey, man. I remember the with the cross of Jesus part. Hey, if you need prayer, we want to pray for you here at the front. I want to bless all those that watch at home and listen to the podcast. We love you. You're part of our family. We want you to know we pray for you. We call your names out. We bless you and your family. Um, remember, the Daniel Fast will start next Sunday. It's the Next Sunday's our, man, we're already here. New Year's here. Next Sunday we start. Um, coming to this new year expecting something new, have a new attitude, a new mindset. Um, you don't have to give uh, excuses for the past season. Let's just walk into the new one. Amen. We're, we're entering something. We're not just leaving something. I bless you today. If you have offering in person, you want to give it. We have buckets. Uh, we bless you with his favor on your life. May you have a wonderful week in his presence, and may he send you. And everywhere you go, may you pull down the, the kingdom of darkness and build the kingdom of heaven everywhere you go. In Jesus' name, bless you. We bless you. Bless you.